Good morning, church. Hey, this is uh, an exciting time uh, in the life of our church, in my opinion. Um, there's nothing more exciting, in my opinion, is, than to see people come to know Jesus Christ and their lives be totally transformed. For a 10-year-old, a 10-year-old to, to get moved by the Spirit of God and, um, and by faith. That's what she was doing. When you get baptized, uh, it's an action of the faith you have. It's, it's backing up. It's the substance to the faith you say you have. A 10-year-old, I mean, I'm preaching about this today, and I'm looking at this like, a 10-year-old is not only saying, I believe in Jesus, a 10-year-old saying, I'm going to get baptized and tell everybody I believe in Jesus. And so for a 10-year-old not to have silent faith, but that's good stuff. And so, you know, we're moving forward in this campaign because of that. And so when we're building buildings, let me share why we're doing this. Um, I wasn't raised in the church, and I remember when, when I was feeling broken, and I was feeling desperate, and I was feeling hungry for Jesus, I would come in the church lost, not understanding, often bored, if I'm being honest with you. They were just speaking a language I had no clue they were speaking, um, way over my head. Uh, but I would leave thinking, I, I don't know if I belong here. And then somewhere along the way, I picked up that in, in order for me to go to church, in order for me to follow Jesus, that I got to get my life together so he will accept me. The problem was when you're the one that has messed up your own life and caused the brokenness or brokenness has happened to you, it's hard to figure out how to clean up your own life when your hands are already dirty. So what I didn't understand was that Jesus wanted me just the way I was, just my insecurity, my brokenness, my flaws, my doubts, and he was okay to take me that way. So what we've tried to do in our church is to create a space of grace to create a space where you probably come in, and if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, not a follower of Christianity, there are probably some, some preconceptions you already have of God and Christianity, what this means. And sometimes those are man-made preconceptions. Sometimes those keep us from the heart of God. As your pastor, uh, what I try to do every single Sunday is to break down man-made barriers so we can see the heart of God and so that you can clearly see how much God loves you so you can clearly see how your own mistakes do not disqualify you from the love of God. How you can clearly see that it's never too late and you're never too far gone. How you can clearly see that God is a God of miracles and God is a mountain mover and God is who he says he is. But it's not enough for us just to read about it or even for me just to read to you. I don't know about you, but I don't just wanna read about this God in the Bible. I don't want to read about the God who's parted the Red Seas and never experienced the God who's parted the Red Sea. Because there's a very real God out there who wants you to experience him on a deeper level. And all of this that we're doing, the, the buildings, I, I think obviously it's going to be great, but it's not just about the buildings. It's about those who do not yet know him to be a place to provide hope. A couple of weeks ago, about 50 people surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. Like that's, that's the greatest thing that could happen. So we're going to be going over a sermon series called By Faith, and here's what I want to do. Here's the thing. In Christianity, people often get it mixed up. They think the more they know about God, the deeper they will grow. But the truth is, when you look at Scripture, spiritual depth is never synonymous with spiritual knowledge. Spiritual depth is synonymous with spiritual action. When God calls you into a relationship with him, it's not good enough just to know about that God. He wants you to walk with him, wants you to experience him. And sometimes that means, in fact, all the time it means that this Christian walk is a walk by faith. 
Everything we do is by faith. It's by faith in the one that we believe in the scripture. And here's the crazy thing. Everyone in this room has faith. You all have faith. If you've ever gotten in the airplane, I guarantee you most of you didn't see the credentials of the pilot. You went straight to your seat. You ever been sick? I took Sudafed this morning. I didn't waste my time to look at the ingredients. I just wanted to get better. So I took it by faith. Many of you are looking forward to a son's championship because by faith you think KD will help bring us one. Can I get an amen? Y'all have some spiritual issues if y'all got really excited about that, but not the Bible stuff yet. In fact, Friday I took my son by faith to the son's game because I thought by faith KD was going to play. Not only me, it was a packed out arena because a lot of other people by faith went to the arena to see Kevin Durant by faith put on a lot of points, but he didn't play. So I had a lot of trust and believe in him until I saw him in street clothes. It crushed my faith a little bit. You know, we use this phrase, let's be honest, we, we use this phrase, phrase uh, about faith often in many different ways. For example, have you ever said, I just have faith, it will work out? You ever said that phrase? And your faith, your trust, and your belief is in the it? What's the it? You have by faith that it will work out. The relationship, is that the it? You have by faith, it will work out. Your job? You have by faith, it will work out. Marriage? Hopefully. <laughs> by faith, it. So we can all have that it in our lives that by faith we hope it works out. So we're placing all of our trust, all of our belief, all of our efforts, all of our energy, all of our money into this thing we call it. And it's different for all of us. And then we're incredibly crushed when we place our entire being in an individual and the individual begins to show imperfections. Because then it reveals how much faith that we had placed in something or someone that was imperfect. It reveals that we, we really begin to have this person that we thought was never going to fail us and we believe that everything was going to be perfect. And when that person failed us, then we don't know how to respond to that because we have created this, this false fantasy of this is how it's going to be. When it doesn't work out that way, it exposes what we really place our faith in. So here's the crazy thing. If, if our, to give you an analogy this morning, and how often we use this word faith and where we place faith. Um, here, here's the, the most recent faith thing I can give you. Last night, uh, this morning, my wife wakes me up about 1.30 in the morning. And on Sundays, my, my alarm goes off at 4 a.m. So she wakes me up and I was like, baby, this better be good. <laughs> like there better be a bus outside and Jesus is saying, everyone come on in, we're going to heaven. Like, you, it better be something really good. And she says, honey, I hear things moving in the backyard. I think somebody's here. And I'm like, man, this is the time that I get to be protector. This is the time I really didn't feel like being protector. Because what I'm thinking is, I'm gonna go out there, it's dark, it's rainy, it's cold. And if I find the guy, what am I gonna do? And so I don't know, you've probably all done this like when you get home and you feel like you heard something and you open up the closet door, you're like, there's a lot of anxiety leading up to it. You open it up, like, ah, ah, nothing there, I'm good. This is kind of what happened last night, this morning. <laughs> 1.30, 
she says, well, can you go see if anybody's out there? So here's what I did. I have a, uh, a golden doodle dog. <laughs> this dude ain't the normal dog. Uh, he doesn't bark when people come to him. He doesn't do anything. He's, he looks cute and he's good for family pictures. That's about it. That's like, he, he really is an accessory to our family for, for walks in the community and for pictures. That's it. So here's what I did. I thought, well, here's what I'm going to do. Maybe somewhere deep in my dog, there's a dog instinct. <laughs> like he'll actually bark or do something. So I open up the door. He runs out. I close the door and lock it. And I'm looking at my dog. <laughs> yeah, hey, y'all need a pastor to preach to y'all. And let me, my dog's not going to come preach. So I'll let him sacrifice himself first. <laughs> and he goes around, looks around. And I, I love my dog. Don't give me an email. I love my dog. <laughs> but he looks around, doesn't do anything. So I opened the back door, brought it back in, locked the door. I said, we're good, honey. She's like, no, 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 no. I need you to, to be sure you walk around and go look out there. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I went out there. At this time, it's like 2.15. We've been doing this. And my kids have a little playhouse in the back, and it has like a little closed door, and a body can fit in there to sleep if you wanted to, I guess. She's like, I need you to open up that door. I'm like, it's dark. Like, what am I supposed to do if, he, if somebody is there? What do you want me to do? And so I go out, get my little kid's t-ball bat. And I had a, I had a, I didn't, I got, I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I was trying to act really tough in, in front of my wife. But by faith, I was hoping nobody was there. I took a bat, but, but let me tell you what I was going to do. If I would have opened up that door and there would have been somebody right there, I would have turned around, ran, locked the door and called the cop. I don't know, what, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? I'm a pastor. I'm not a boxer. What do you want me to do? And so I'm like going to it and I'm like trying to amp myself up. Like, come on, you want this? You came to my house. This is my, I'm the protector. I'm the, I open it up. Nobody there. I was like, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Walk around. Nobody's here. Go inside. It's like, honey, we're good. Go to bed. Here's the thing. I don't know if the wind woke you up. It was the wind last night because it rained that moved the kids' toys around the backyard. That's all that was in our backyard last night, the wind. So I went to bed a little bitter. And then she nudged me about 3.30 after I fell asleep about 2.30. Oh, wow. Yeah, I said, wow, too. <laughs> and, um, but listen to what she did. Like, she's sick today, so I'm talking all kinds of trash. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're probably sick because you're messing with the man of God at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, but here's what happened. So she nudges me at, uh, I'm, I'm going to get to the scripture in just a minute. All right, don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> Don't leave. Like, he ain't even preaching the Bible. That's why I don't come to big churches. They don't preach the Bible. But just wait. Uh, so, so here's what happened. She nudged me at 3.30, and she says, hey, you're snoring. Can you please stop? I'm like, I'm snoring because I just sacrificed my life for you, girl. Like, are you going to take my snoring? But... But, you know, it, it's funny is, is we, we do all kinds of crazy by faith things, right? By faith, we'll, we, will, um, we will hop on a plane. By faith, we will start a relationship. By faith, you would DM somebody. By faith, you would do all kinds of stuff by faith, right? And, and the reason why you move by faith is because you believe when you move by faith that the result of you moving by faith is greater than the step itself. 
The problem is that the enemy begins to plant seeds in our hearts and what ends up happening is our desire to succeed, our desire for value, our desire for purpose causes us to place our faith and invest ourselves in things in this world and, 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 and becomes the substance of our faith, people, careers, whatever it may be, becomes the substance of our faith. And here is the problem. This is the greatest analogy I can give you because faith, if this word in the Greek, faith, means trust and belief, it means that we all trust and believe something or someone. The problem is when you or I put our complete trust in something or someone who's eventually going to fail us. See, here, here's what we do. Let me, let me just break this down. Here's a very simple analogy. If I am placing my faith, let's just say um, if my wife was here, she'd be sitting right here. If I place all my trust and energy and it's, it's clinged on to my wife and I'm thinking that she will never let me down, that she will never hurt me, that she will never do anything wrong, eventually because she's human, something in the lines of communication will break down. And the more I put on her to be, you know, it, to be perfect and to never mess up, the greater the break is going to be. The more we begin to place on people to become something they can never actually be, take God's position and fulfill our brokenness and emptiness in our lives. And if you don't, well, then I cannot believe you didn't fulfill me. I cannot believe you broke my heart. I cannot believe you walked out because I thought by investing in you that you were going to fulfill what was empty in me. And then when we find ourselves broken and angry, who are we angry with? Not only the person that we thought was perfect and wouldn't hurt us, but then the enemy twists that to begin to say, see, God doesn't love you because if God loved you, he never would have let you get hurt like that. He would have protected you. The entire time while we're pursuing this relationship we shouldn't have been in, we're just using God as the side dish and making this person the entree. And then we begin to question why, when God was the side dish, why it didn't, he didn't fulfill us like we thought he was supposed to fulfill us. So the enemy says, see, God doesn't love you. God is not real. God is not seeing you. God doesn't have a plan for you. Now let's talk about careers. When we, when we place our lives and this career becomes to be an idol, and by faith we sacrifice for our career in ways we would never dare sacrifice for our God. We give our careers more time. We give our careers more investment. We give our careers more study. We give our careers even slip in the corners a little bit. We give our careers more attention in our life, hoping that by our faith in action to our career, our career will then give us a confidence and assurance that we desperately need in our lives. But when our career doesn't work out the way it's supposed to work out because your supervisor or your employee is not a perfect person, they were never intended to be, you then become angry with your career. You begin to Jump career by career by career, every career that you leave becomes the problem because you place this expectation on a person that they could never or were never expected to meet. But when God becomes the, the main course, the entree of your life, then you really don't care what side dish comes and goes. When God becomes the entree, when that, when, that, when that job doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out, it's going to hurt a little bit. But when God is the entree, you can keep moving by faith because you know it's going to be okay. 
When that relationship doesn't work out the way you've invested and thought it was going to work out, you understand that your entire world is not broken because when God's the entree, it's going to be okay. That here's the problem, is that many Christians today, I believe, I believe we want to love God, we want to know God, we want to, to, to understand God, yet when God is asking us to take a step by faith, we are very unlikely to take that step of faith unless we recognize it will benefit us personally. <laughs> and so here's what you see. Unintentionally, I have done it. Just like Cassie said when she got baptized, you only call on God when you need something. See, here's the thing. If, 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 if faith, as Hebrews 11:1 1 says, listen to this. Now, faith is the assurance. Faith in the Greek means belief and trust. So if you have belief and trust in something, in the Hebrew, the, liter- the, the, the word means to take firm action. So faith is a faith that moves. So if I were to look at your life and you were to say, I'm a person of faith, could your life's actions back that up? Have you ever taken a step of faith where you did not know how it was going to turn out and there was no plan B, it was only God and God alone? See, because the scripture says now faith is the assurance, belief, trust is the assurance. This word assurance means confidence, confidence. There's assurance that when I place my faith in person, there's not confidence that they're not going to fail me. When I place my faith in a career, there's not confidence that it's not going to fail me. But when I place my faith in God, here's what I can do. Then my faith, my hope, my assurance, my confidence is that although I don't understand what you're doing, by faith, I am going to walk by this. By faith, I am going to believe it. By faith, I'm going to keep going even if I'm crawling. By faith, if your word says you will never leave me or forsake me, but I'm going to fight to believe this by faith. It's amazing. Many of us think, I just don't have the fight for faith. You have the fight in you. It's often misplaced fight. Because when we want something deep enough, we fight for it. But when it comes to God, we surrender and let go so easy. There's not much fight sometimes to come to know God on a deeper level. And let me just tell every single person in here, if you are a Christian in this room, at some point in your life, God is going to call you to make a decision by faith when you don't know what's on the other side. But here's the crazier thing, is that you're doing it anyway And if you're doing it without God, your faith is in yourself. And if your faith is in yourself, exactly how great are you? How powerful are you? Because my scripture says that God is so powerful that he even holds the king's hearts in the palm of his hand and he directs it whichever way he wants it to go. Can you do that? See, that is the benefit of placing faith in God even in the midst of unknowns. Because although you don't know how it's going to turn out, you know whose hand it's sitting in. Although you don't know how it's going to work out or how you're going to get there, you know whose hand it's sitting in. By faith, listen, I want to urge you in this room today, there are probably some things that you are holding on to that you know you need to let go of, but you don't know how it's going to work out. Take the first step. 
Take the first step. A walk with God really is. It's crazy. It's like God is saying, do this. And we're saying, no, because it doesn't make sense. Show me the next step. Then I'll do this. And God's saying, well, that didn't take any faith. Take a step of faith and I'll show you the next step. See, what you have to understand is when we move by faith, it activates God's power in our lives. That's why so many of us are like, oh, I've been there. You're reading the Bible and you're reading, you're reading, you're reading. It's like, I just don't get anything out of it. And I'm reading. I go to church. I don't get anything out of it. It's because God is saying, you didn't, uh, you've done enough eating. It's time to start walking. See, in the Christianity, it's always like, the more you know, the deeper you are. Then people are so impressed with intellectual knowledge. But when you look at their faith steps and faith actions, they probably don't take many because they're so content with how much they know. But in Scripture... Spiritual death is never synonymous with knowledge. It's synonymous with action. The heroes of faith. Chapter 11, Rahab, a prostitute. And I'm not being funny, it's in the scripture. Look at Hebrews 11, Noah, a guy who was a drunk, literally in the scriptures, he drank too much. Why is he considered a hero? Not because he had seminary degrees, but because he took God for his word and he moved on it. So God's not looking for a bunch of knowledge in this room. Amen. He's looking for humble servants of God who will live by faith. You want to see God do something crazy through your life? Live by faith. Live by faith. So in the scripture, he was 11. Listen to this. Now faith, trust, belief. So you have faith today. I don't know what you have it in or who you have it in. But you have faith. And I'm not saying relationships and careers are bad, but I am saying if those things become your God, get ready to be let down. If those things become your God, how do you know what's your God? And here's what I've learned lately about myself. I know what's been becoming an idol in my life when things don't work out the way I thought they were going to work out. How I respond to things when it doesn't go my way reveals how much confidence I placed in it. And so what's so in here, he's saying, look, faith, what are you trusting? And here's what the Hebrew writer is saying. He is talking to Christians during this time who are, who are under the persecution of Rome. And there's so many unknowns in their life. Nothing makes sense. They don't know what's going to happen in the future. Like literally, they don't know if they're going to live the next day or die. And the Hebrews writer is saying, look, let me encourage you to have faith. And what it here is faith. This is a description for it. It's the assurance. What does this word mean? Confidence. It is the confidence of what? In another person? In another thing? No, no, no. It's the confidence of things hoped for. In this particular term, this particular time, this thing they were hoping for was the return of Jesus Christ, the second coming. They're living in this time like we're living in right now where Jesus resurrected. Now they're waiting on Jesus to come back. And so in the meantime, they have to figure out how to live. So by faith, they are saying, look, life right now doesn't look good, but by faith, I'm going to walk with courage. I'm going to walk with boldness because this world is so messed up and so evil. And it is. Uh, my, my mother sent me a, um, a text message the other day, said, mijo, look at what's going on. That means, let me translate, son. But it was this school in like Pennsylvania starting a satanic club. And I just thought, like, that's very characteristic of how messed up our world is. Which is why even more important for Christians to live by faith and to live out what we are preaching and to live out what we are posting. And so here's what he's saying. Like, we're living in this in-between time by faith. Things aren't going the way we want it to go, but we have hope. Hope in what? That, that 
I will feel better if life gets better? No, because life may not get better. Hope in what? That God's going to bring the one? What if God doesn't? Hope in what? That I get the job I've always wanted? What if you don't? Hope in what? Here's what's crazy. You talk about living by faith, trust, and have confidence. In what? And hope for a hopeful that it's going to, not a wishful thinking, but that this is going to happen. Hope for what? Things not seen. So what does this mean today? What does this mean? It, that he is calling us to live the same way he is calling them to live. Um, and, he, and he's saying, I want you to trust and have full confidence. How can I trust and have full confidence? Here's what he tells them throughout the Hebrews 11. He has them look back to the heroes of faith. And in Hebrews 11, he begins to list all these people in scripture that did these incredible things and saw God come through. So here's what he tells them. If you want to move forward, you have to look backwards. Let's stop for just a minute. Think about that. If you want to move forward, you have to look backwards. If you want to move forward with God, you have to look backwards to see what God has done. Let me give you a prime example. So Hebrews 11, we often as Christians go back to these testimonies as moments of, rah. in your life, you have, if you pause long enough, you have moments in your God story where if you pause long enough, you can say, I know God is real because this is what he did. I don't care what anybody says. This is my God right here. No one's gonna take this away from me. Those are testimonies that help us to move forward. I have like five and I've shared them with you over and over and over and over again. I have five, like probably in my 30 something years of living, I have five testimonies where I've saw, I've seen God come through in crazy ways. But let me tell you what's attached to this testimony. Typically in my testimony, God called me to do something before he did it. So when I came to be your pastor, some people call it stupid, some people call it faith. I quit my job before I had a job because I had so much faith that you would hire me. Thank you, by the way, I appreciate that. But I just knew. And I was like, I've been here before. There's a stirring in my heart. And if you wanna know, how do you know it's God? It's consistent with his word and it's consistent with his character. And if you don't know the word or character of God, it'll be hard to hear the voice of God. And so I was, I was walking so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like when you're walking so close with God, you don't have to call on God to hear the voice of God because you're walking with the voice of God and it's consistent. See, here's the thing. When people don't walk with God and they just call on him when they need something, we become frustrated because you call on God, but you can't clearly hear if it is God because you haven't been walking with God, so you don't know the voice of God. You know, when I get a text message from my wife, it'll pop up, it'll say babe on it. I call her, I've always called her babe since we started dating. And I can normally tell when it's not her. Often my son who's sitting at the very top better not be sleeping. Well, often, <laughs> I see that head come up, boy. I'm gonna get on you when you. <laughs> so it's funny, my son, he's a jokester like me and he'll text me from my wife's phone. He'll be like, hey honey, how you doing? And here's what happens. I have been so close to my wife through our 12 years of marriage that just like that, I can tell when it's her texting or her not texting. That quickly. Whether it's a heart emoji, if it's red, it ain't her. If it's gray, it is. I don't know what a great heart emoji means. <laughs> when, when you walk so closely with God, 
You don't have to question, is this the voice of God? When you don't walk with God and you get a text from God, you're curious and questionable whether or not that really is God. So when you walk so close with God by faith, you begin to see him do things by faith. 18 years old, after a suicide attempt, went to, went to a basketball uh, outreach at the Salvation Army. Went there, played ball. A dude came up, shared the testimony. Uh, he did an altar call or walked the aisle by faith, not knowing what this meant. Here was my deep prayer. I don't know if you're real, but if you're real, here I am. That's it. That's it. Faith step number one for me. Is God real? I know he's real because I tasted death's doorstep. And my God took me from a broken, empty place. And he showed me he loved me when I felt like nobody else loved me. When I felt like I, was, I didn't love myself. When I gave up on myself. When I was discouraged about life. When I was discouraged about my future. When I was discouraged about the present. When I discouraged whether or not my life would ever have any meaning. My God reached down and touched me and let me know I see you. I I love you. I'm here for you. That was my first moment of my faith moment where nobody can take that away from me. Nobody. I know what I felt when I met Jesus. I know what I felt. So by faith, I put down all the stuff I was doing that was hard for me to put down. But by faith, if you're real, I'm all in. I'm all in, God. Next thing I know, I'm going to go play uh, college basketball. I go to a private school, and this is my faith, my faith moments. My, and so I'm going to a private school, and I was going to play ball, but they said, hey, uh, you can't get a full scholarship. You got to get yada, yada, yada. And I've shared this story with you before, but it's, it's the thing I keep going back to. This is my faith story. So God says, I want you to go. I'm like, how am I going to go? I can't afford student loans. And he's like, I want you to go. Trust me. By faith, I signed a student signature loan that had a 13.7 interest rate by faith. That's stupid, Pastor. I know. I'm going to say by faith, though, because it makes sense in my sermon. <laughs> now, I'm not advocating for loans. I'm advocating for faith. Amen. And so he says, go. I'll take care of you. I go. Major in sports medicine, kinesiology. And I graduate. By faith, can't find a job. I can't find a job. And I'm sitting here with these student loans, and I graduate with $60,000 of student loans. Can't find a job. I wanted to go in the, in the medicine field somewhere. I couldn't find a job. And so I'm like, hey, remember four years ago you said you would take care of me? Uh, where you at? And if I'm being honest, my four years of college were filled with horrible decisions. Trying to pursue God, but horrible decisions. I'm just being real. Horrible decisions. So I thought my lack of faithfulness disqualified me from his faithfulness. So I thought, I was good with you when you called me to move by faith, but in between the season of waiting my faith, I wasn't perfect, so you're going to take away what you were going to do, aren't you? You're just like my real dad, aren't you? you? I felt this walk, I felt this walk out, this silent thing before, and I'm feeling it again. I thought you weren't going to do this. And it was deep, and it was, it, was, it was deep in there, but thankfully God's love for me and faithfulness was not dependent on my love and faithfulness to him. Now I'm not advocating to go sin and do what you want because there's always consequences to sin. Amen. But all I'm telling you is God is so unbelievably good. Amen. So it, I didn't want to be a pastor. A church calls me, says, hey, we, you want to be an intern? I said, intern? Man, I got four years of school underneath my belt. I got a degree and $60,000 in, in loans. What do you mean intern? <laughs> yeah, we'll pay $19,000 a year before taxes. I'm like, what? 
Well, I couldn't find a job. So I took it. So I started working for a church. Didn't want to be a pastor at all. At this point in my life, I thought church people were just kind of weird sometimes. And I'm just like, I don't know how I fit into this. Uh, I'm going to tell the truth. And um, at the end of it, I surrendered my life to ministry. They're like, hey, we want you to be our full-time sports pastor. I'm like, what am I, what's a sports pastor? I was like, well, we pay you to put on sports to reach people in the community. I was like, y'all pay for that? <laughs> y'all pay for me to play ball with people to share about Jesus? $19,000, sign me up, I'm in. <laughs> and but you know what? It's not, it's not what I thought I was going to school for. But I put my head down and was faithful. And I worked and I trusted and I worked and I trusted. And I'm getting paid $19,000 a year and I'm paying $600 a month on my student loans. At this rate, I'm thinking, um, I, I, like 23, 24, and I'm like, uh, $19,000 a year, gotta pay $600 a month. It's gonna be a really long single life. <laughs> so then I get in a really bad car accident. I have scars in the back of my head. Um, I had to get staples. And then I get like a settlement to help pay the bills. I think it was like $5,000. And I paid my bills off and I had like $1,500 left. And I was like, I'm bowling. <laughs> gonna go get me a pair of Jordans. I'm gonna go do all the things I've always wanted to do in my life. And I didn't waste it all, I just spent a little bit. And then it was like November and then God was stirring on my heart by faith um, to give $1,000 to the church. And this is, some of you heard this, but it's my faith moment. And I was like, man, I've never had $1,000 in my bank account in my life. And I'm 24 and I'm bawling right now. And God said, I want you to give it to the church to help people who have needs during Christmas. And I thought, look, man, love you, God, but you're tripping right now. Because you asked me to go to school and now I'm paying 60,000. And you haven't still come through like you said you were gonna come through. I don't know if I wanna give you a thousand more. That's honestly how I felt. I, I wrestled with, I don't wanna give you money. You hadn't, if you come through over here, then I'll come through on my side. It's funny how we treat God like that, right? You've done it. You've done it. You're like, if you do this and I'll do this, God. Like God wants to play games with you. I was just like, man, I can't wait to meet God like in heaven. To be like, man, y'all did some stupid stuff down there. You understand that? So then I go to this pastor and I say, hey, look, God is calling me to give $1,000 to the church, but here's the only stipulation, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I want to be sure my heart is pure in my giving. That's all I ask. Me, you, God, that's all who knows. And I got to be honest, I wasn't raised with much money. And I wasn't joking. I've never had $1,000 in my bank account. So for me to give it up was a huge deal. It was a huge deal for me. And I fought with God. You know what's cool about God? Is he doesn't let you sin in peace. The food doesn't taste the same. You could be at Fogo de Chao, and it tastes like a, you could taste like a McDonald's cheeseburger because you're sinning. You don't sleep the same. You don't enjoy movies. You don't enjoy nothing because you're living in sin. What a kind God to not let you sin in peace. So I couldn't sleep, eat, did nothing. Started losing hair, thought it was my sin causing me to lose hair, like everything's going crazy right now. So finally I was like, I'll submit, I'll do what you're asking me to do. Go to the pastor, give him $1,000, and say, hey man, you just graduated, don't you have student loans? And I jokingly said, yeah, I got $60,000 of them. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. 
And so he says, okay, I leave. Two weeks later, a man has approached me from the church and said, he's like in the 70s, and he said, hey, I heard about what you've done and um, you really blessed my heart. Here's a card. So he gives me a card. And you ever gotten a birthday card where you open it up and like your right eye sees that there's a check there? <laughs> and you want to go to that check first before you read it? So I'm going to be real with you. I looked at, I don't even know. I, to this day, I don't know what he wrote in the card. I'm like, check. <laughs> Y'all done it. It's why you're laughing. Some of you ladies, are, I don't know. My husband wrote my Valentine's card, but he gave me it. So, so I look at the check, and it was a check for $60,000. And, and he, listen, he, he said, go pay off your student loans. So let me be very clear on something. I am not promoting this prosperity gospel stuff. You should know me by now. I ain't doing that. I'm promoted being faithful and trusting God. I don't know. God did not have to do that for me. Who am I? I'm a broken man with dirty hands, imperfect, desperate for a savior to fill my soul every day. Who am I for him to be that kind for me? Who am I? But he was so kind. When this church called me in 2016, and we were in conversations with you, I said, honey, we gotta go. She knew we had to go. We packed up, we moved out here, and we lived in one of your homes, by the way, because we didn't have money to buy a house. So we lived in somebody's home until you hired me. But listen, why would I do something so stupid with three kids and a fourth one coming? Because the faith I had was in the assurance that gave me hope of the things I had not yet seen. Because I saw when I looked backwards that when I was 18 and suicidal, God took me when I was broken. And then when I was 18 and wanted to go to school, he said, move by faith. And when I was 24, he took care of that movement, which led me to when I was here and 32 years old, said, I'll pick up my family and go on faith. Because I, when I look back, you have proved yourself over and over and over. So if I want to move forward, I have to look backwards. So he's telling them, here's the crazy thing is God wants to write your own story. This is my story. And I only get to see it because it's sometimes, not all the time, because sometimes I'm not that obedient. But when I am, when I move by faith, I'm able to see his power. If you want to see the power of God in your life, move by faith. If you want to see God do something in your life that only he can do, to write a story in your life that only he can write, See, you may be sitting here saying, I'm waiting on God. God said, I've been waiting on you. Yes. By faith. But here's what's hard. Man, if you've never taken any steps, you're very hesitant to take the first one. If you don't know his voice, you're not sure if it's him. And today, Maybe the very first step you ever take to say, here I am, just like I did when I was 18, say, begin to write my story. Here's the cool thing. You're not too young to do that, and you're not too old. 
there is breath in your lungs, my God has a plan for you. If there is breath in your lungs, he has a plan for you. Do not look at God through the filter of your failures. Look at him through the filter of his faithfulness. And by his faithfulness in scripture and what he's done in your life, move forward in faith. If you think that in order to move forward in faith, that you have to be morally clean, morally perfect, and know scripture, then I doubt you will ever move. Because as long as the assurance is in yourself or any other man or any other thing, you will never have full confidence. And if you have full confidence in that something, and you're holding tightly to it because it's giving you your value and your worth, let me give you a warning sign, a hazard ahead sign. It will come crashing. At some point, that thing or person will let you down. At some point, it will expire. But the only thing that we can have hope in is the name of Jesus Christ. The only thing that will never expire, the only thing that will never overlook us, the only thing that you can cling to when life doesn't make sense. And if you're, listen, you may be here today and you've invested in something and it's not working out and you feel broken. Listen, here's, God is amazing. It's like when we break and we're broken and our lives are broken and there's cracks in our foundation, it's like there's an opportunity for the seed and word of God to be planted in the midst of our brokenness. So if you're in here today and you are broken, great opportunity for God to plant that seed to build your faith. So as we move forward, here's my takeaway for you. You can write this down as we leave. Here, here's the takeaway that I want you to ask yourself. And you're gonna see it come up on the screen. What is God asking me to do by faith? That's it. You and God. You and God. Nobody can do it for you. You and God. It may be the relationship sitting right next to you. If you're not married and you're in a relationship and the person's sitting right next to you and you know you're not supposed to be in it, by faith, trust God. It may be for you, you saw a 10-year-old Aubrey, by faith, get baptized in front of all of you and you're saying, I need to do that. By faith, do it. Trust God. Maybe you're, you're a believer in here and you're committed to the church. And I would tell you, like, by faith, is God asking you to be a member? Is he asking you to serve? Is he asking you by faith to put yourself out there? Like this whole, you know what my faith step is as your pastor right now in my life? Like God always does something to me where I always have to depend on him. <laughs> what a novel idea. <laughs> Having to depend on God. It's, it's our whole building thing. You'll see that picture come up. Like our new building, you'll see the renderings. Pastor Rich spoke to it yesterday, but by faith, I have to uh, lead the church because God has called me to, to believe that this will happen one day. Not because it's, there's pretty physical buildings, but because we want more and more and more and more people to have the hope in Jesus Christ. And so we're, by faith, we are moving forward. And let me just tell you, I don't know what part you'll play. By faith, honestly, let me just tell you, we cannot accomplish anything in this church, much of anything, without you as a church body and the power of God by faith. Some of that means serving. Some of that, I don't know what it means for you. Some of that means giving. 
For some of you, God has blessed you tremendously and he's saying, by faith, I want you to help this happen so more people come to know Jesus Christ. I don't know what God is calling you to do. All I'm asking you to do is take the next step by faith. That's it, by faith. So I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. And here's all I want you to ask. Don't think way far in the future in the unknowns. Don't, don't, don't think that way. Right now, just for you, just for you, what is God asking you to do? Some of it's tied completely to the campaign. Some of it didn't have to do anything with the campaign. Some of it is by faith today. Maybe your story starts just like mine did when I was 18. And maybe by faith today, Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. You can't do it on your own. If faith is in yourself, it will fail. Come to me. Surrender. Come to me. All those in this room who do not know him, just come to him. I'm going to ask our pastors to come up to the front, and we're going to sing a song in just a moment. But I want you to sit there and ask God, what do you want me to do by faith, God? If you've got to come to the altar and ask, just come to him. Father, we pray for your people. You want to write a faith story through every single person in here, and that story is unique to every person. There's no copycat story in this room. You are intentional and you are unique, God. And we pray for a Holy Spirit power in this room. How amazing would it be for everybody in this room, the believers, the unbelievers, to come to the point to say, God, here I am. What do you want me to do? In fact, if you're in this room, all eyes closed and heads bowed, and I know typically this is the time everybody leaves, but please, just, just for a moment, someone's faith story may be starting today. And I don't want to mess with that. So if you're a Christian, just be praying for those who are about to meet Jesus. And in this room, by faith, if you're a saint, I don't know it all, Pastor. I'm like you. I just want to walk up and say, here I am. Take me. Good. Perfect. By faith in Jesus. You're in this room, all eyes closed and head bowed. You're saying, today's step one for me, Pastor. I want to totally surrender my life to Jesus. All of it. I want to be serious. All of it. I surrender. I've never fully surrendered like this. I've maybe played church or I've heard, but I surrender my being to him. That is you. Just raise your hand all across this place. All across this place. Amen. Amen. I had a feeling there were going to be hands go up. Amen. Keep raising your hands so I can see. I'm proud of y'all. Hey, there are tons. There are more going up. There are more going up. I'm so proud of y'all. There are more going up all across this room. Spirit, just fill this room all across this room. All across this room. Here, here's what I want you to do. Keep your hands up. And I want you to look at me with your hands up. If you have your hands up, just look at me so I can see you. Just look at me so I can see you. Amen. Y'all mean that back there? I want you guys to be, y'all mean that right here? You mean that? You mean that? You mean that right here? You mean that, brother? Y'all mean that over here? There's so many. Yeah, I love that. Here's what I want y'all to do. This is, this is an incredible moment for you. Here's what I'm about to do. I want you one day, for those of you raising your hands, to be able to look back so you can move forward, so you can remember where God started the story with you. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. 
This is going to be really hard, but faith is hard. And if you can do this, you can probably do just about anything. On a count of three, I'm just going to ask you to stand, and everyone's going to lose it. Like KD just helped the Suns win the championship. And we're going to cheer for you, and I want you to come forward so we can celebrate you. So just on the count of three, will you just stand right where you are? One, two, three. Just begin standing. staring at you yeah I had a sense God was moving in your life you probably thought I was weird because I couldn't stop looking at you yeah proud of you you know that's not that's not me it's you know it's God stirring in your heart because he sees you you know that he sees it all and he loves you he brought you here for a reason proud of you all of you all of you like God 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 brought you all here Come on, come over here. Come on, come on, come over here. Come here. Let me talk to y'all. Come over here. Come talk to me. Come talk to me. Hey, look, look towards me. I want, I want to share my heart with you for a minute. Listen, the Lord, the Lord loves y'all and He has plans for y'all. I don't know what those are. I have no clue what they look like. But the step one is just saying, God, here I am by faith surrendering. You place your faith in Jesus Christ. He becomes the substance of that faith. He, beca- he becomes the substance. He will never let you down, like any family member has let you down. He would never let you down like any career has led. He would never let you down. You can be confident of this. And I pray today starts that story for you. That place in your faith in Jesus Christ, he begins to write a story in your life that you can't write for yourself. He's the greatest author. He's the greatest editor. If you feel like you've messed up anywhere, get ready. Hand that story over to God and watch him be the greatest editor that you have ever met. Because he is the only one who can do this with our lives. He's only him. Proud of you, man. Come here, man. Come here. Proud of you, man. God's working in you, isn't he? Proud of you, brother. Proud of you taking that step. You're good. You're good. Proud of you, man. I, I didn't. I didn't do this the first service. I just sensed as I was preaching the Lord telling me to do that. Here's what's even. Some of you are going to be freaked out by faith. Here's what's crazy. I sensed as I was preaching that he told me to do this, and I didn't plan on doing it. I didn't do it last service. And now I see that he had you on his mind. That's crazy. So so you know what's crazy is I'm preaching by faith, and by faith I do this. And i got to be honest, as I'm doing it, I'm like, they're probably tired of me doing this. But God had you on his mind. What I want you to do is see Pastor Brian right here. Would you follow Pastor Brian? We just want to pray with you. You're not going to disappear. Nothing crazy is going to happen. <laughs> By faith, they're gone. You know, no. You're good. You're good. 
And my man, you got a San Fran hat. We're going to get you a new hat too. Your whole life is going to be changed. Proud of you, man. Proud of you, okay? Proud of you. All right, follow Pastor Brian right here. Hey, give him a round of applause.